you're Frankenstein's monster if the monster was made entirely of dead dicks. <laughs> Welcome to Recotopia, a happy home for recommended movies, shows, and music from two people you can definitely trust. Trustability varies by region, no guarantee is implied. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Atkinson and Jeremy Scott. Rio de Janeiro, the beach, the nightlife, the romance. But 15 miles from paradise is a place called the City of God. Uh, everybody, this is Recotopia episode 12. I hope everybody's hearing us fine out there. Um, uh, Recotopia episode 12. I'm Chris Atkinson. And I'm Jeremy Scott. And uh, today's big recommend is going to be City of God. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, before we get to that, acknowledging our uh our uh, chat uh patron patrons who are currently watching us live on this show uh we'll do it live and uh somebody uh, nick jagged's like ah sudden a team yeah, yeah you're right you're absolutely yeah. right it was very sudden it was sudden for us too um yeah we didn't there's mean only to. one button it just says go live there's no mm -hmm. button to go live with a countdown i think dicer just has like a magic producers button that mm -hmm. uh, doesn't show up for me he's got anyway. the magic stick um <laughs> Yeah, so um, anyway, um, before we get into City of God, we've got some small recommends to uh, to unleash on the public. It's no big deal. Itty bitty Linux face. It's so small and light. It's small, it's tiny, it's petite, it's wee. Uh, mm -hmm. Who wants mm -hmm. to start us off? I'll start it off. I'll start it off. All I've right. got two movies I want to recommend in the small recommends category. Okay. Real quick before that, I want to shout out this new Coke flavor, Starlight. Which is supposed to take like, taste like space. Ooh. Uh, I, I love all this new Cola War experimental flavor game that's going on just because some of them really hit. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what space tastes like. I don't even know what this tastes like. Mm -hmm. It tastes like Coke, but different. And I yeah. really, really like it. And mm -hmm. my wife and I can't stop buying it. Okay. Um, two yeah. movies that are not well rated um, by critics or Rotten Tomatoes, but that I think. Uh, were rawly judged when they came out and are just good and fine movies. Mm -hmm. And the first one I'll start off with is one called The Last Holiday. Uh, Last this holiday. is Queen Latifah. Yeah. Uh, is told she has a brain disease and she's going to die soon. And she's been saving for this dream wedding and honeymoon at this place in, I think, I don't know, Czech Republic. It's somewhere in Eastern Europe. It's this fancy-ass hotel resort that, that super ritzy people go to that has a famous chef. Mm -hmm. Well, when she finds out she's got this disease, she quits her job and decides to just go on this trip. Well, I'm going to spend all my nest egg and just live it up. Mm -hmm. um, she's been in love uh, with LL Cool J, one of the guys at her job. Um, but she doesn't tell him anything before she leaves, and they've never actually dated or anything. And she gets over there, and Tim Matheson's there. Tim Matheson? Not Tim Matheson. Oh, shit. <laughs> that would be a... That, I, I, it makes me feel like Tim Matheson's correct, because how would you just randomly come up with Tim Matheson? Because it's a Tim... Oh, I think I got the wrong Tim. 
Give me the cast. Timothy Hutton. I didn't know. Oh, it's Timothy Hutton. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, he's like a big Walmart owner, Jeff Bezos kind of guy. Alicia Witt is his assistant who's sleeping with him. Mm-hmm. Giancarlo Esposito is there as a senator. Uh, Gerard Depardieu, who's a, you know not necessarily a good topic these days. He plays the chef. Um, and basically over the course of this week-long vacation, she just charms the shit out of everyone except Timothy Hutton who's convinced she's a plant from his competitor uh, who's trying to fuck with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just charming. It's not... There's a reason it's a 50-something, 60-something on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not great. It's not breaking any new ground. It's mm-hmm. just... If you want to spend an hour and a half with charming actors in a charming scenario, uh, when I flip by it, I almost always stop for a few minutes. It's just really, really fun. I don't think Queen Latifah's ever been more fun, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does a lot of, like, badass roles, like Equalizer and Set It Off. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. She's really, really charming in this. And so, there you go. Not great. Uh, 6.5 on IMDb. That's actually not too bad on IMDb. Uh, yeah. But uh, there you go. That's my first small recommend. I can't even remember if I've seen this movie. I know that it came out uh, when I was at uh, Hollywood. It, this didn't happen to come out in 2005, did it? This came out in 2006. Which, 2006. That's IMDb, so it may have been 2005. Yeah. Uh, my guess is that, that that's probably right. 2006 is like the actual release year and it was not some like festival it's a remake of a 1950 film i didn't know that yeah but i i I think i may have seen this but it's one of those that has long left my memory at this point um uh i um i watched one of uh the early matthew vaughn movies layer cake um uh, hadn't seen it in forever it was almost like watching it for the first time uh you know because it's just one of those that i'd seen it when it was in theaters and then 18 years later i still hadn't seen it a second time so popped it in and and uh this is uh daniel craig uh as uh you know before his bond uh popularity and this is probably my first introduction to daniel craig mm-hmm. uh i i probably maybe i had probably seen him in road to per- i'd seen him in road to perdition before this but i don't think that registered at the time layer cake came out that that was the same that was the dude in road to perdition i think road to perdition was still not like uh, high up on my list is like i need to watch that again and now road to perdition is one of those movies where i know mm-hmm. like you know uh so uh anyway um uh, daniel craig is a drug dealer this is kind of uh, this is in the same vein as lock stock and two smoking barrels matthew vaughn i believe was producer of that movie and snatch so he was a producer of these guy richie movies now he's directing his own uh kind of thing where it's just it's 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 gangsters and there are so many characters to keep track of and so many different plots and so many different motives motives that are going on in it and um and so like he's a drug dealer who is told by his boss that a guy he knows lost you know he's he's lost track of his daughter and he needs to find his daughter and he also wants him to team up with this other drug dealer to sell like a million of these pills of some sort and um he starts doing this but of course like things start going wrong because you know this is one of those movies that sets up the rules at the beginning of it where like 
I'm going. If you're going to be a good uh, whatever you are at what in this kind of business, you have to follow these rules. And of course, everything about this new job breaks every rule that he's possibly ever set up for himself. And um, and it's just one of those type of things. What happens when you break your own rules? Well, you know, your life starts going to shit. Is what happens. And like, and uh, it's one of these just movies where it's like. Uh, this person wants this and this person wants that. And this person is lying about what he wants. And this person is, you know, it's like, and there's so many things that people, every action has a consequence to it. And that's one of the things that are, that's fun about these types of movies is that just everything has this interconnectivity to it. Uh, that, you know, if you try to, if you try to do one thing, then somebody else is going to get pissed off. If you try to make them happy, somebody else is going to get pissed off. So you really have no actually, you know, any way out of this situation whatsoever. Uh, shout out to Michael Gambon, who is such a fucking badass in this movie. Oh my God. I want to be Michael Gambon so much. Um, uh, he's, he's a crusty fucker in this movie, but my God, he just want to be Michael Gambon. You just want to be that guy. He's so he's so cool, um, and uh, uh, but uh, Layer Cake is a lot of fun. Matthew Vaughn uh, is uh, of course best known for Kingsman these days, but uh, you saw see a lot of people in here that uh, were were just beginning like sienna miller is in this uh mm. tom hardy is in this mm. um uh you have a cole meany uh mm. just a ton of people are in this movie um but uh, layer cake's a lot of fun yeah man I, it's it's crazy how unique he's still his style is very much similar to guy Ritchie's, but it's still so unique mm -hmm. um especially as you watch both men's careers evolve i haven't seen layer cake in years but i remember really really liking it i went once i saw Lockstock, i just went on a binge of all of those movies i could find yeah uh, my second small recommend mm -hmm. is another movie that rotten tomatoes has given a 52 oh but damn imdb at least more 7.3 whoa that's weird you don't so usually a, have that kind of disparity. You really don't. And that's, I think this may not be for everybody, but this is a 2013 movie by Ben Stiller called The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can see why. I, this is, I've, I've, I've seen this, and this is one of the, yeah, I know exactly where, why this has got that split. Yeah, it, it's not for everybody, but this is a mood movie, right? Mm -hmm. um, I feel like, uh, it's it's not dissimilar to Garden State, which is also fairly divisive. Mm -hmm. um, people think it's too precious. Other people think it's poignant. Yeah. Um, very good music choice. It's, it's the 2013iest music movie you've ever seen in your life. If once you, I mean, just watch the movie or look up the soundtrack, and you'll be like, oh. I feel exactly the way this movie wants me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Long shots of him doing long board skateboarding down Icelandic roads mm -hmm. uh, with great soundtrack music. The story is pretty simple. This is another remake, but it's updated. Uh, Life magazine is going all digital. Um, in, in the process, laying a bunch of people off. Ben Stiller's job is the guy who picks the cover photos i think mm. uh or the guy who processes the cover photos um and sean penn is this world-renowned photographer who's always like hanging upside down from a mountain cliff to <laughs> shoot a goat or whatever yeah and uh, um and he, ben stiller loses a negative 
and doesn't know which photo the photographer said this has to be the cover of the last print edition. So he goes around the world to find this guy and find out what the image is supposed to be. He's also in love with Kristen Wiig. Uh, I'm not sure that romance subplot needs to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just really charmed by this movie. And uh, I realize that not everyone will be. I say give it 15 minutes. And yeah. if you're not digging it, then maybe go away. Uh, but if you're kind of feeling it, uh, it might suck you in from that point on. Yeah, I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, a long time ago, before this movie was made, Jim Carrey was supposed to be in this movie. I believe so. Yes. Um, and uh, they were. Th- this was one of those where it's like you could see it in like this is coming out in you know June of 2004 or whatever it was when they were thinking about it, and and then just never materialized, and then finally, Ben Stiller's like, okay, guess I got to do it myself um but yeah i i enjoyed this i haven't seen it since i bought it on blu-ray uh however many years ago and um but i remember going this isn't bad i remember it was like that was it was that kind of movie where it's like yeah it's not very good or it has a lot of promise and it just doesn't fulfill it or whatever but yeah eh, i really liked it yeah and like nick says here in the chat this has a bad score because it was marketed as a new ben stiller comedy yeah uh, which is a good point because i do kind of feel like i'm gonna look it up after the show i did kind of feel like the trailers were edging a little more towards comedy and it's it's not all about comedy it's much more subdued than that Mm -hmm. there are laughs but they're it's more about chuckles than it is like guffaws. And, right. Uh, anyways, it may have been a marketing issue and then people found it and that's why it has a better IMDb score. But there you mm-hmm. go. Yep. Um, the, the next one is as small a recommend as I can possibly give. And that doesn't mean, <laughs> that doesn't mean that, you know, want anything one way or another. It's just that there's only been two episodes and I'm not saying that what I've seen is just pure greatness or anything like that. But it's intriguing, and um, I, I can at least say that you know it, it's it's gotten my attention enough that I'm going to watch the next episodes when they come out. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Outer Range. Ooh. It's got Josh Brolin in it. Ooh, I saw the trailer uh, for this. Yeah, and it's got uh, Lewis Pullman. Who I, it took me a second because you're if you're if you're if you're familiar with Lewis Pullman from bad times at, at, uh, El Royale mm-hmm. and you, you know that he's got this kind of like childlike quality to him and everything in that movie, you, it's going to throw you a little bit when you see him as, as a more fully fledged adult in this one, uh, and it with a different kind of an accent and everything. But I <laughs> saw him and I was like, I was like, I've seen this guy before. I've seen this guy before. Kind of looks like Bill Pullman. Oh, I bet it's his, I bet it's his son. And, uh, but, He's in it. Lily Taylor's in it. Um, uh, Imogene Poots is in it. Uh, there is. It's it, he runs this huge uh, ranch, and and uh, basic conflict that comes up is that there's a rival family who has somehow successfully gone to the property assessor, and is going to basically take a whole mile of their land because of such and such gobbledygook um real estate whatever will Patton plays the head of that family nice um will Patton always solid always always solid um and uh and so that's the main conflict but there's something weird going on around this uh this patch of land there is a huge hole with a void in it 
this is a science fictiony kind of aspect to the to the show that is making you go what the fuck and um and so like josh brolin is the only person in his family that knows about this giant hole that's in the middle of like this land that's going to eventually not be his apparently <laughs> and um and uh and so like he you know he's like he he studies it he throws stuff down it he nothing returns obviously and um the the only other little aspect is that imogene poots is a is a is a mysterious stranger who comes along and says i am just hanging out i want to like i'll pay you to stay on your land for a while or whatever but apparently she's got way more going on of course because this is a tv show and she's much too big of an actress to just put in for like a day or whatever <laughs> so she's got some other things to do uh in this show but uh one of the main conflicts right off the bat is that the and, and this is so predictable like the brother the, there's two brothers lewis pullman and this other guy i can remember his name are like ah let's go out to the bar and you're like oh i guarantee you they go to the bar and they run into this other family at the bar that's the way these shows always are they go to the bar they drink and they're going to run into the these other brothers and there's going to be testosterone flying and blah 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 and sure enough that's what happens it's a fight over a girl and um and like uh they get into a fight and eventually it goes too far it's one of those fights that happens where nobody is watching at all and ends up in somebody's in somebody dying and uh, <laughs> and uh and uh and and by the end of it this body is getting thrown into the void at the end of the first episode and um uh and then and then something else ha there's even more that happens right after that and so you're like what the fuck and then the second episode you're like wait a minute if this happened what happened you know if this happened what happened that's basically what you're what you're going through at this time and um and uh and by the end of the second episode it has gone even further where you're like oh my god what the hell is going on a lot of sci-fi elements but it's kind of in the background and then uh and um and, and mainly a uh just a story a, a good old-fashioned western story about land and shit uh uh after that it's a small recommend because i've only seen two episodes like i said they're not they're not blowing me away or anything yet i'm just saying i was interested enough to see this i saw josh brolin on colbert and they showed one one clip from it where he's uh he's doing a blessing and he's basically yelling at god the whole time in the blessing and uh, I was like, Josh Brolin, that guy, he's he's a good actor. He may yes, he may he, may he may amount to something someday. Yeah, um, he keeps at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, so yeah, I, I'm liking it. So yeah, that's uh, when I saw the trailer, I, I thought instantly, Cowboys and X Files. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, <laughs> Cowboys and X Files. If, yeah. if it does, you know, a little bit of that. Uh, it's on my list to watch, so I'm glad to see that so far you, you've been uh, interested in what what they've been showing you. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess uh, it's now time for the big recommend. The big recommend. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just that you're so big. It's so huge. It's a good rule, but this is bigger than rules. It's bigger on the inside. Is it? I noticed. This is a movie that I have been praising for many, many years now city of god um i don't know if i told it on here but just the brief the brief story is that i we we're a theater hollywood 27 did not get very many critical screenings of anything 
we just so happened to get the critic screening of City of God. Um, person who worked at the theater and a buddy of his, they had heard of this movie. I don't, it wasn't on the pulse of what uh, was getting made and what was coming out and all that. I'm, it, you, you, it's probably surprising. It might be surprising to a lot of you to realize I don't really keep up with what's getting filmed and what is coming out. I'm more about like after I watch it, that's when I start to get to know things about the movie and everything. So I didn't know anything about City of God going in. Um, but I heard that, I, you know, heard from them, hey, this might be really good. So we saw this movie one morning uh at uh, hollywood 27 and it took forever for this to like actually come out and be a big release i think we saw it early in the year 2003 and then it came out much later for a for a full for a full-blown release later in 2003 um sort of got swept up in a lot of that uh like if I think if if Return of the King did not come out the same year, this would have probably gotten a lot more uh, Oscar nominations, and it may have gotten some wins even, and uh, everything. Um, I think uh, Fernando Moraes got Best Director nomination, but the movie itself did not get Best Picture nomination. So uh, anyway, City of God is one of these movies that when you when it first starts, you're like, oh shit, what did I just get into? Uh, <laughs> because it starts off with like this flash cutting of like a knife getting sharpened and a bunch of people running after a chicken and and it's like a bunch of just big like a lot of cuts and a lot of camera movement and blah 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 and you're like oh no what what is this what is this movie but then it slows down and it starts telling this story and it goes and it starts and it goes back to basically what is the beginning of of the of the um I guess criminal culture in this small part of Rio de Janeiro, this, the, uh, the slum, uh, there's a, it's a slum area just called city of God. Now I haven't read up enough on the actual place to know where exactly this is in Rio, but this is, it's sort of the contrast to what you see on postcards, right? Rio de Janeiro likes to advertise itself as this big, huge tourist attraction, but there's this real ugly side that's on the, you know, that's uh, that they sweep under the rug, so to speak. And um, but it, uh, he starts talking about just the at first, just these these three guys who do who do smaller crimes and they're not it's no big deal. But they sort of in their way uh, create one of the biggest gangsters ever. The guy that is is named Lil Dice in this, and then later to become Lil Zay, mm -hmm. um, uh, he he's a guy who's obviously brutal from the beginning. This kid is a bloodthirsty bastard mm -hmm. right off the bat, mm -hmm. and uh, and when these three guys just do a simple robbery at a motel where people are banging hookers and stuff like that. It, they, they're like let this do this just steal the money and just go and then but he wants to kill people yeah. and it's a horrifying it's maybe one of the most horrifying things ever that you see in this movie because you see them dead afterwards and there's no real explanation but then that shows what happens later when it shows him go in after they've already robbed the money and it goes in yeah. and just shoots people and laughs and just enjoying it and it's like a biggest horror movie you'll ever see watching yeah. this little kid with the bloodlust that he has. 
Um, and the under they underestimate him so much that the, it's at a point where the guy just like steals little dice's money like he he's nothing and don't is didn't even realize that that guy is a bloodthirsty guy he's gonna kill you yeah. and it shows him and his friend uh oh gosh what is it benny but uh it's uh it's little dice and benny and they're they're sort of it shows them as as you know youngsters going up uh, growing up and and getting to the point of of being like because they're so ruthless they take over all these other weak drug dealers that are in the town and basically like they have the whole map except for this one area because benny benny is friends with this guy carrot Mm -hmm. who runs the runs this one section and that's they run it in peace for a while for a really long time in Mm -hmm. fact it's organized it's very organized for a long time until uh, Lil Zay becomes a little bit too emotional about what happens uh, with everything, and mm. it starts to starts to go downhill from there. But it's a fascinating. This movie's fascinating. I'm I'm that's just a small part of this movie. It's a fascinating narrative that's kind of like how Pulp Fiction may run it, or like a Goodfellas, or uh, uh, you know, Godfather. There are a ton of like type of uh, influences. It looks like this movie has going back into the past, telling you how everything started, showing you a side character who won't be important now, but will be later. They do that a bunch. And they say, I wrote it down, but it's not time for his story yet. Like yeah. they do that a bunch in this movie where they're like, freeze the thing and go, well, this is this guy, but mm-hmm. we're not ready to tell you about him yet. And yeah. Continues <laughs> on the action. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the prestige and how it's pieced together, uh, jumping back and forth as it does, reinforming, what you think you know about certain characters and certain scenes. Um, And, you know, I think narratively the first 15 minutes are probably hard for a lot of people because it does start with that jump cutty chicken chase thing. Mm -hmm. Then it goes, wait, we got to go back before we can tell this story. And it Mm -hmm. cuts back to city of God and says, here's me. But before we tell my story, uh, we have to tell the story of the tender three. And then we go in and we introduce the tender three and we follow them for 10. And it could be a little overwhelming just in terms of number of plot lines and characters. Uh, but once you just kind of, it's almost like, it's almost like the way I felt the first few episodes of the first season of The Wire. Yeah. I was like, I don't know who anyone is. But once you kind of just kind of settle into the flow of this thing, um, you figure out who's who and how they're important to the story. Um, this movie has sex, man. I mm-hmm. have not remembered, I remembered. <laughs> The characters and the main plot lines, I did not remember how much fucking sex was in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot. Uh, everybody Now, it makes sense. They're human beings. I think this is ultimately a portrait of humanity in a way that you've probably never seen if you've had electricity and a roof over your head for most mm-hmm. of your life. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I, I forgot exactly how much emphasis there was on sex, but also Rocket's continual missing out on his losing his virginity. <laughs> yep, yep. There's this one scene where he's like, he's narrating about buying drugs from Carrot instead of Lil Z and says, yeah. I only smoke with Angelica. And then we see him just having scored weed. He's about to go run off back to Angelica and he runs into this little alley and before he does, he jumps up into the air to kick his heels and the frames stop for like four or five frames just to give you that blink little moment. It's the most adorable fucking thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. But there's one point where he's got a girl's phone number 
on a piece of paper, <laughs> but it's the only paper they have to smoke some weed. Yep. So he's like, uh, I lost count of how many times I missed a chance to lose my virginity. That's what, so that, there's, that's just a small moment in this movie. There's a sequence where Rocket says, basically tells a story of how close he was to becoming a gangster himself. Yeah. Where first he's on the bus and they're thinking about stealing the money on the bus because knockout Ned, who becomes important later in the movie, is counting the money like just in front of everybody. It's like a huge wad of bills and everything. And and uh, they end up not robbing him because, quote, he's such a cool guy. And then they get off of the bus and they're going to rob this like ice cream parlor or something like that. And uh, they end, he ends up getting like talking to the girl behind the counter and saying, couldn't rob her. She was so cool yeah. and couldn't <laughs> do that. And so then, then they go, they get picked up uh, at hitchhiking, going to uh, another town and uh and uh they were gonna rob that guy but he ended up being really cool and it's really kind of a, a really a sort of a statement on what you have to be to be a gangster mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. you don't find the coolness in people you just want the the stuff that you want and don't worry about you know you don't get involved in their lives or talk to them or anything like that so it yeah. just goes to show but um but uh but yeah that scene that scene where they're like smoking weed and he's burning that right after right after they didn't rob this girl in the counter and she gave him his number and everything now he's burning her number in a in a joint it's just, it's just uh, fantastic. It's um, what you do. Yeah, uh, but Rocket eventually becomes a photographer, and I love the sort of the story of how he gets the camera too. Because mm -hmm. uh, at first he's going to be straight up given the camera. Benny gets the camera in like um, a drug deal because the um, yep. the the one guy who's who's like the He's the guy who's dating Angelica at first, and then he becomes a big junkie, and then he like trades in his father's camera to get some more drugs, right. and then it ends up being uh, in the possession of Lil Zay, and then um, that because uh, Benny wants to give the camera to to Rocket, but but then Zay comes in and takes it from him, and then then Zay like once the war starts happening towards the end and he needs the publicity to show that he's the one that's in charge and all that he gives the camera to rocket finally and rocket takes his picture and it accidentally gets printed in the paper yeah which he thinks is gonna you know gonna end up uh, killing him there's so many things about this movie like we have like we've gone over a whole ton of part of the plot but there's still like uh, so much more Mm -hmm. so much more and they pack it in they pack it in this movie is not long by any stretch mm -hmm. um and it's got just it it packs so much in uh i i i never seen anything like this yeah uh, the 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 duality i guess between Lil zay and benny like because benny's the coolest hood mm -hmm. in the city of god everybody loves him he's charming uh and i think that that's what makes Lil Zay snap, right? At that party, yeah. he's just not willing to see Benny be happy mm -hmm. and he, and leave and leave. But he, it's not enough for him to be a deadly gangster. He wants everybody to be on his page as a deadly gangster. Mm -hmm. He, I think, directly, mostly inadvertently, ends up getting Benny shot. Um, but you know, they're like two sides of the same coin, right? They both start out as kind of hoods, but. 
little dice is always a little bit bloodthirsty and Benny yeah. is always just a little bit of a charming kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's that whole bit with the guy where Lil Zay, was it Knockout Ned, that, that, that Lil Zay basically, well, he rapes his girlfriend. And yeah, then, <clears throat> because and there's then, a point too, that's the other thing is that Benny says, you really need a girlfriend. But the problem is he was told by that like voodoo guy to never have sex while he had the like this necklace on or else he would mm-hmm. lose all of his powers. So you get that sense that he's completely cut that out of his life. And it also, I guess, sort of suggests, hey, uh, you need to be open to that in your life uh, some more because because uh, you might calm down a little bit more. Um, and, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's that. And then, and then he's, and then there's the whole thing where knockout Nat is so handsome and he is so ugly and, and, and so yeah, it it spurs him to do that. Yeah. He rapes not, not knockout Ned's girlfriend in that. And then when he, then when they're leaving, it goes back to Ned and he's sitting in his apartment and he's despondent. And then at one point he goes, why didn't he kill me? Mm -hmm. And then it cuts back to Lil Zay walking. He goes, why did not kill that motherfucker? Yeah, 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 <laughs> Let's yeah, go back. Yeah, and then yeah, they go yeah, back. Yeah. There's so much humor right alongside tragedy in this mm-hmm. movie. It happens all throughout the film where you're almost at times feeling guilty for laughing. Um, that's why I say it's it's uh it's a film about humanities that mm-hmm. you know, it's there's that stuff in real life all commingles and happens together, tragedy and victory and uh yeah, and so then little uh, knockout Ned then joins up with Carrot, and it just basically builds to this years long turf war. Yeah, that you know ends in bloodshed. There's this thing in the movie that they say at least twice, I think, maybe only once, where they talk about how if you run away, uh, they they catch you, but if mm-hmm. you stay, they eat you. Yeah, um, yeah, and that sort of life. In this city of God, that's why that opening scene is so perfect, which they come back to in the end, where he's the photographer and he's caught in between the gangsters and the cops, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I'm gonna get killed by both of these people. Like yeah. I'm stuck in the middle. If if I run away, they're gonna shoot me and think I have, you know, I'm something against them. If I stay right here, I'm gonna get caught in the crossfire. It's a literal example of that saying. Yeah, um, yeah, this is such a great film. Yeah, it's so good. I don't. I don't even know. I. I can't come up with anything that is bad about this. There's like not. I don't think there's even any negative in this movie. The, um, you know, the he Fernando Moraes wanted to have amateur actors in this. People who were actually from the city of God who 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 are in this. The guy who plays Lil Zay apparently wasn't even uh didn't want to be an actor, but he just came along with his buddy during at an audition and he ended up being in the movie. Yeah. Uh, as one as the big one of the biggest characters in the movie. Um yeah. and uh you know apparently uh shooting this movie was 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 fairly dangerous on its own because he shot in actual favelas uh and and everything. Um but um, he, I I don't know. This is he. Moraes has not made a movie like this since. Like mm. uh, the uh, what was that? Uh, the Constant Gardener is what came out after this. Is what I mm. believe he made. 
and that movie's got its followers but like it just he hasn't i don't think he's made anything nearly as dynamic as this since mm-hmm. um uh so it, it's it's kind of a one-of-a-kind type of thing i'm sure he's made something great that i've just completely whiffed on or whatever but this movie just so solid in every aspect and just mm-hmm. uh just engaging and the 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 runts in this movie, by the way, that that show that uh, shows the other like really really uh, dark side of all this is how, you know, little kids get get into this, and there's even a kid in there, not a part of that runt family, but like says something like uh, they somebody's like you're a boy or whatever. It's like I'm not a boy, I'm a man. I've killed. I've I've uh, you know I've done all these different things, and you're like sitting like this kid's like 11 years old, yeah, and um. And uh, but these the those runts at the very end of this movie are 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 kind of like walking around at the end, kind of talking about what they want to do and all that. And apparently, they became one of the biggest notorious gangs in uh, all of Rio at that point. Uh, that was the beginning of their story. The movie ends there. But um, uh, what a fascinating thing this is! You know, this is something that actually happened. You have like you know you have news footage. You have. Uh, actual photographs of it and it was mm-hmm. and it's told in such a beautiful way so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right well i'm excited for this part it's the super secret double feature okay be very very quiet secret what secret our dirty little secret i tell you something i've never told anyone i'm gonna walk you through my thought process <laughs> okay as i like to do because half the fun of this podcast and watching these movies is going, what, do I, what would I double feature this? Mm-hmm. The first thing that pops in your mind is Goodfellas. I think you mm-hmm. mentioned that earlier. Yep. There's some structural similarity. Uh, Lock, stock and two smoking barrels actually popped mm-hmm. into my mind mm-hmm. because yep. there's some comedic crime misadventures. Um, if I were able to cheat, and I'm not going to do this. If I were able to cheat, I would, I would double feature the entire fourth season of the wire. Ah. Um, because I it very similarly shows a group of four kids yeah. who are really stuck in this poverty, crime, drug dealing situation, and most of them don't get out of it by the end of the season. Oh yeah. Um, so very similar in that theme of which somebody quoted better than me, Slab. Thank you. If you run, the beast catches. If you stay, the beast eats. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar in theme there. I thought Boys in the Hood yeah. also would match oh, yeah. that theme. Definitely thought but, of that. If you heard me a few minutes ago talking about the humanity and the tragedies living right alongside the victories in life, then you might know my double feature is going to be Roma, mm. Um, mm. which is a movie that speaks to in, to me uh, to very similar themes that one person is having a victory right next door. Somebody might be having a tragedy. That is life. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is around the corner, you don't know. Um your highs may not last very long. Your lows may not last very long. Um, but uh, about humanity, a picture of humanity that I had never seen before in another culture, um, I think these two would pair really well. It would be a pretty heady uh, double feature. Yeah. Um, but uh, thematically, uh, I think it would really line up well. So there's my super secret. I think you're right. I think it would line up well. I mean, one movie is not nearly as violent as the other. Um, has a has a lot more roughness to it. But I think you're right. There's a lot of some of the same themes in it, uh, for sure. So yeah, um, yeah. Um, All right. Next week's homework. 
Yes. All right, everybody. We're going to go back to a film you might have heard us talk before in a previous podcast. We're going with 2013's Lock, starring Tom (laughs) Hardy. Yep. And uh, this is a short and sweet film. Um, Let's see. I believe it's only about... Of course, right now I can't find anything. I think it's like less than 90 minutes even. I think it is. Uh, You can find this all kinds of places. Uh, You can find it on Showtime. You can find it on Amazon Prime with a premium subscription. You can find it on Hulu with a premium subscription. You can pay as little as $2.99 to rent it from Google or Vudu. It's on Sling and FUBU TV for premium subscriptions, as well as the Roku channel mm. for the premium subscription. Mm-hmm. So this is Lock 2013, lots of places to find it. It is an hour and 25 minutes. It is about a guy driving and making phone calls, uh, and it is riveting, and I can't wait to watch it again. I haven't seen it in probably five, six years, and... Uh, it's got a lot of meat on that bone. Yeah, and you got uh, voice, basically, basically voice work from Tom Holland in this. Olivia yep. Coleman. Yep. Um. Uh. Uh. What's it? Uh. Andrew Scott. Andrew Scott. Uh, yeah. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. It's like one of those. It's one of those fun things to listen. To who's on the phone? Uh. When he's talking. Uh. As well. Yeah. Uh. So. Um. Uh. Locke is uh, is is uh is fantastic. I can't wait to revisit that. All right. Um, all right. <sighs> questions? Let's get into some questions. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. Any questions? Uh, all right. First <laughs> one up. What was your best recommendation to someone else, by which I mean it got the person to return to you with a holy fucking shitballs, oh, holy fucking shirt balls? I loved it. That person <laughs> is a fan of The Good Place. Um, yes. What do you think, Chris? Um, I don't think I've ever gotten that kind of. Uh, well, maybe I have, but I I don't remember all of them. But I, my favorite one is Hell or High Water to you because, mm. um, because I believe when we did our best of 2016, I I I, I mentioned it as my favorite of that year, and you had not seen it yet. And then I don't know how many how many, how long it took you to watch it, but then you were like you know, over the moon about it and had seen it 17 times. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, I always consider those personal victories whenever I, I, uh, you know, uh, recommend anything to anybody and then they come back and they know more about the movie than I do. So, yeah. um, uh, that's always, uh, that, that's probably my favorite one. Yeah. Lock, which we're doing next week was yeah. one for, for you that mm-hmm. got a, a pretty good reaction. The most recent example was with my brother and being the Ricardo's, which you may remember from a couple episodes back, I loved a lot more than most people did. Um, and I don't even have a great history recommending films to my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, for Like Lord of the Rings, he doesn't like them that much. Like, uh, what was uh, what was Arrival, I think it was? Maybe oh. Arrival. Another movie that he saw that I recommended. And he was like, yeah. So <laughs> um, I just had a feeling. There was something in me that said, like, he's going to dig this movie. Uh, so when they were here... I don't know, a couple months ago, I showed it to him and his wife and kids uh, and my wife, and everyone loved it. And he was still talking about it the next morning. And I felt, you're right, there's a, a very big sense of pride to know that you recommended something. And they not only liked it, but they liked it so much, they they consumed it. And they want to keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Good, uh, good question. Uh, let's do another one. What are movies? I think we've answered this in some form previously, but we have. always fun. What are movies that are objectively bad that you like? Yeah, my go-to on this question has always been like something like Ocean's 12, but I'll come up with another one. 
uh, Billy Madison, I would say, is objectively <laughs> bad. Uh, um, but either – I don't know. Is there a phenomenon – and I don't think it's just pure nostalgia, but – I was probably the right age to enjoy Billy Madison. Uh, I was 18 years old when Billy Madison came out. It used to be my, um, it used to be one of my go on break movies that I would go and watch just like happy mm -hmm. Gilmore later, um, uh, was one of those type of things. But, um, but Billy Madison, I think is probably objectively bad because everything about it is so ridiculously unbelievable in it. I mean, it's what, it's what sort of, um, generates the humor a lot because it's just wacky. It's just an, a wacky Adam Sandler movie. Uh, but the fact is, is that he's, he, you know, his dad is about to give the company to Bradley Whitford and, um, and, uh, but he, he wants to prove himself. So he has to go through all the grades of school and graduate in like two weeks or some shit. <laughs> and uh so like each class he takes each grade he's he's like in and out in like two or three days or something like that and then like the most unbelievable of all is like he like is uh is the veronica vaughn love interest somehow falls in love with him even though yes. she obviously doesn't want anything to do with him and then when he does something where he like pretends to trip and touch her boob on the bus that's when she starts talking to him i was like oh my god man is this for real but the movie's got so many wacky hilarious moments in it um that are just you don't you just never get to see this adam sandler ever again how he was in his early 20s when this came when the, we made this movie it's just absolutely off the wall this movie uh just just so many ridiculous things are in it that whole musical number like that oh. you'll i i will I'll, I'll find myself singing that song every once in a while just be in the kitchen and all this do you have any more gum more gum more gum <laughs> um so um so yeah uh billy madison will fit that nice i long for adam sandler to go back to this this kind of he can't he's yeah. too mature now yeah but this absolutely no hold barred this and happy gilmore are both the same way like they had an idea they did it mm -hmm. uh, uh no matter how crazy it was um <clears throat> i like that i have a couple new answers to this question uh one is venom 2 mm -hmm. yep, yep. Uh, which is uh <laughs> let there be carnage I believe, right technically. right um objectively i can't say it's good i can't mm -hmm. um but I liked it even more than the first one. No, yeah, uh, yeah. I just, it, I just started laughing immediately and just dove right in. Another one which might surprise you. You know, I love a good high concept, bad sci-fi movie, especially mm -hmm. if it's inspired by Philip K. Dick. Yeah. Uh, as is 2007's Next, starring oh, Nick Cage, oh, oh, and Jessica God. Biel, oh, and Julianne Moore, where a man I can saw, see. I remember seeing this movie. Holy shit, this is a terrible movie. Yeah, it but is. But man, yeah, it it's is. fantastic that you love it. It's so good. It's so bad. It's good. Like He can see 10, 15 minutes into the future, something like this. The very, very near future. What, what would seem to be, in my opinion, a fairly useless gift unless you're in a very dangerous line of work, right? If like mm -hmm. you might have people who, who might want to assassinate you, this would be a very helpful power because you mm. find out, right? But 
on a day-to-day basis, I'm not sure this is going to help me all that much. It's kind of like the Omega-13 mm-hmm. in <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy Quest, where yeah. it gives you 13 seconds of a jump back in time, mm-hmm. which is enough to trip over your toe. Um, listen, the, the acting is not great. The only thing here is the concept, and I like the concept enough that I have watched this movie probably three or four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. it's bad. It's bad. Uh, but it's on Hulu. That's <laughs> man. You know, you you bring up a movie like Next, and I am taken to some weird, nebulous part of the past where I'm in a theater on a Thursday night watching this movie before it comes out, and I'm just like, I remember a couple of parts of that movie. And I remember hating it, and then I, I put it out of my mind. And now 14, 15 years later, you're like, I fucking love Next. And I'm like, oh, shit. God, I, I haven't even seen that. I haven't even heard of that movie for like since I last watched it. So it's kind of amazing that you're bringing that up right now. Oh, my God. It's so, so bad. So bad. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what are the movie twists that caught you? off guard the most uh i'm i mean i'm gonna give you some pretty straightforward ones here the verbal kent is kaiser sose thing in the usual suspects definitely threw me for a loop especially since i remember watching the movie for the first time where agent kuyan says dean keaton is kaiser sose and you're like oh shit that's fucking mind-blowing because you're sitting there going yeah it totally makes sense i remember getting chills on my arm the very idea that keaton might be kaiser sose and then they then they do the verbal kent second twist oh no are we are we frozen again uh two seconds you're back the verbal kent second twist is after that and you're like holy shit this brings things into another incredible light that i did not realize so yeah that one that one threw me for a loop um and then uh yeah and then in uh sort of the same vein same year uh another kevin spacey movie but uh gwyneth paltrow's head in a box in seven. Oh jesus because uh, because you're sitting there you're going out they're going out to the desert and they're gonna see the two bodies and they're like okay well wh- where are you taking me to and you're like oh there's this sense of dread what the hell what why is he taking them to the two bodies what's is he is he talking about them, the detectives? They're dead. They're, they're going to be dead somehow in this scenario. And then and then the delivery truck shows up and Morgan Freeman goes to retrieve it. And he opens the box and he's like, oh, shit. You know, it's like uh, John Doe's got the upper hand. And that is where it's like, oh, fuck. And then, yeah, they have that one brief flash of Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, head before Brad Pitt blows Kevin Spacey away. But oh, uh, that that one threw me for a loop for sure. Yeah, no, no, no kidding. All right, so the first one I want to give is uh, Arrival. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched that with you. Yeah. Uh, and I remember walking almost to the exit door. I said to you, so is that girl from the beginning, the kid they decide to have at the end? And you go, yeah. And I go, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I was pretty sure that's what that was. But man, I just did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And then the other one is Frailty. Oh, um, yeah. Which I don't really want to spoil, but I will just say feels like one kind of movie for about 90% of it, and then it's actually a different kind of movie Mm -hmm. once the last 10% is revealed. And I didn't see that coming. There was so much meat in the family trauma flashback stuff that I didn't 
expect that. All right. <clears throat> um, other uh, uh, suggestions that came out, uh, Knives Out, yes, has a really good uh, uh, twist to it. Uh, the fight, Fight Club, obviously has a great has yep. a great one. Uh, uh, Apathy says, "I pissed my friends off when I called Usual Suspects early." I wonder when you saw this movie, though. Did you see it in 1995 in the movie theater, or did you see it? Because I feel like now, if you were to watch Usual Suspects, like you're, let's say you were born in I don't know 1998 or something, and there's been so many movies with so many twists and everything. Do you go into the usual suspects looking for that? Because back in 1995, you weren't really looking for that twist or anything. And then it became, you know, it became a part of everything. Well, that's but kudos huge... to you for picking it out anyway. That's a huge part of the deal here, too, right? We, uh, you were spoiled by, for Sixth Sense more mm -hmm. overtly than I was. I had a oh, co-worker. Yeah. I was on my way. I was in my civvies. I wasn't working. I was on my way back to watch the Sixth Sense opening weekend. And one of my fellow managers says, see if you can guess the twist. Yeah. And at that point, I fucking will. Well, yeah. Um, now, now you're just looking for what the twist could possibly be. And guess what? You're going to, you're going to figure it out because, because you're not even expect, you weren't even expecting it before. Fucking um, twists. Yeah. Those are some good answers. Uh, Ender's game. That's a good. Yeah. Answer. Ender's game for sure. I, I, and especially when I read the book for the first time, I thought, Oh no, this is, <laughs> that's devastating. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. What is your most memorable movie slash TV insult? Oh my God. When this, I, I love this question because yeah. this gets me to, it allows me to, reiterate an insult that came on veep which had was filled with insults but zach woods says this uh <laughs> and this is uh, he's talking about uh the i can't remember the tall gangly guy's name that's in that movie but they always make fun of him because he's such a he's such an asshole and he's you know whatever but zach woods says you're not even a man. You're like an early draft of a man where they just sketched out a giant mangled skeleton, but they didn't have time to add details like pigment or self-respect. You're, Franken <laughs> you're Frankenstein's monster. If the monster was made entirely of dead dicks. <laughs> I, I that That's just one of those just, you know, uh, that... That is just one of the most beautiful insults I have ever seen on a TV or a movie. Oh, man. Um, I wish I'd thought longer and harder and found some more funny stuff. My, my, the first thing that came to mind was West Wing. Uh, there's a episode in the first three or four seasons where uh, Martin Sheen's President Bartlett uh, is in that famous Washington Cathedral where all the funerals happen for government people mm -hmm. and he ends up alone and he lights up a cigarette and he starts talking to god <clears throat> and at the very end of it he calls god a feckless thug and drops mm. the cigarette and stamps it out with his foot and walks out yeah and i was still like a church going person at this point but even that me was like holy shit that's amazing mm, yeah like, like you just you're gonna die tomorrow now. Um, I also, uh, you know, my love for Liar Liar. My wife oh and I yes, this movie daily. Mm -hmm. but I love talk about a movie room. I used to watch on break all the time. Oh, liar yeah. Liar. There's a scene in the boardroom where he ends up going around the table 
uh, insulting everyone. And she's egging him on because she knows he has to tell the truth and she's trying to get him in trouble. So she says, to, she tries to get him to insult the boss. And he basically says, he's a pedantic, pontificating, pretentious bastard, a belligerent old fart, a worthless <sighs> steaming pile of cow dung, figuratively speaking. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of my very, very favorite uh, mm-hmm. insults of all time. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the uh, you're only leading two things right now, Jack and shit, and Jack just left town, aren't Army of Darkness is that mm-hmm. one, and then you have, um, uh, uh, oh yeah, most of the insults on Mash. I don't know if you're talking about the TV show or the movie. The movie has quite a few uh, good ones. Um, swimming with sharks, you are nothing. If you were in my, oh, was it? Jeremy's going to talk about the harder they fall. No, Hold on, ahead. before I, you just... say that, I'll run down. <laughs> swimming with sharks, you are nothing. If you were in my toilet, I wouldn't bother flushing it. My bath mat means more to me than you. <laughs> um, the uh, Patrick gives us the, uh, the how do you write women so well and as good as it gets. This is one of my favorite. This is in the trailer. He's like, I think of a man and I take away reason and accountability. <laughs> and uh, and uh, there's another there's another one that's pretty good on here. Oh, um, how I met your mother. Marshall says he picked out not one. Not two, but three sturdy cheese-bearing crackers for his couple's night. And Lily says, you're a sturdy cheese-bearing cracker. <laughs> um, anyway, the harder they fall? Yeah, one of, it's one of the best insults of all time. I'm sure that's why Patrick uh, reminded me of it. But it's mm-hmm. where the, the hero shows up to the villain's town, and there's this guy standing there. There's a bunch of guys standing there, mm-hmm. henchmen. And he says to one of them, I'd ask you to go find your superior, but that'd be like asking you to go find your daddy. Could be anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's such a great way to say you are not important enough for me to even interact with. I'm going to move on from you. Uh, As soon as I I love that movie, but that that one line stood out the most to me. And uh, Catherine also uh, throws in twat waffle from Coda, which I also enjoy too. There's some, what is it? Is it's the W's I think in that, in that. uh, Yeah. It's the double W's. Yeah. It's a really, really goes well together. Uh, final question. Um, in an alternate universe, which lesser known or character actor became a Clooney pit level star? Um, there's a guy right now who's getting a little bit more acclaim these days, but I think he's around the age of uh, Brad Pitt and it's Coleman Domingo who plays Ali on Euphoria. Um, the, uh, uh, it's a Zendaya sponsor on mm-hmm. euphoria and uh especially in the in-between season um special episodes that they made there's a whole uh thing with him in a diner talking to zendaya and it's great mm-hmm. it's absolutely mm-hmm. great um uh on the on the female side uh Farusa balk came up to my she it, it, she may just i don't know she I think a lot of times people focused on her looking weird and or whatever, or they just, she just seemed like, I don't know. She's beautiful to me. I love Feruza Balk, but like, um, it, it, I don't know. They always leaned into her being weird. And I think it was after the craft, she kind of got and got that, I don't know, typecast a bit. Um, but in, in, I would love to see a universe where Feruza Balk has a, has a big, huge career. Cause I yeah. think she's really good and I don't, I don't think she got the credit she wanted. So that's a good answer. Mm-hmm. That's a good answer. I like that you were 
you'd get a man and a woman, uh, and you were diverse, and I just did a white dude. Well, um, you know, it's Clooney Pitt. I, uh, I'm going with Kyle Chandler, who, if you watch a lot of movies, you probably know who Kyle Chandler is, partly because mm-hmm. he's in every other movie. Um, but he's a great actor, and he's got... The, the looks to be that kind of an a-list star it's kind of insane that he's not bigger like it i i've always thought this like there's a reason why he's in a million movies because mm-hmm. uh, you know but he's he, i don't know is he is it too is he too, is it too late for him to become like the big star or whatever like people i don't know i don't know i mean how does that how does that work some of this may be you know their choices maybe he would rather be the guy who's in Argo and, you know, mm. not playing the Ben Affleck role. I don't know. I just think he's got the chops and the looks. He could have gone to the top, I tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what some other people say. Oh, Judy Greer. That's Judy Greer is a great one. Oh, my God. Excellent answer. William Fickner. Sam um, Neill. I mean, although I, I will say Sam Neill definitely has become, I mean, he's he's not a Clooney pit, but. He he definitely has a huge career. Um, uh, what was the, there was one on here I saw that I thought, oh, Garrett Dillahunt. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's got that great moment in No Country for Old Men that you love. Where he, oh, 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 my God, Jared. Um, <laughs> Whoa, differences. Whoa, differences. That's what it is. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, and he shows up in Ambulance, uh, <laughs> giving that movie its very few positives <laughs> Yes. every once in a while but yeah garrett delahunt would be great pedro pascal yeah for sure yep. um oscar isaac is mentioned although i think oscar isaac has definitely gotten to that point where yeah. i don't know if anybody i don't know if anybody gets that kind of career anymore though right does anybody yep. get a Clooney pit career anymore e- even know. as good as they are dicaprio that DiCaprio type of thing would have that if he would make more movies he makes a movie every three or four years and i think he's the same level of a-list but he's not going to – there's a reason that the question had Clooney and Pitt and not Clooney and DiCaprio. Like, Clooney and Pitt both work a bunch, are handsome as fuck, get paid more than anybody else, get a lot of awards nominations, produce like crazy. Um, you know, I love Leo, but he makes a movie and then he goes on a yacht for three years. Um, yeah. I just I, – I think Oscar Isaac is at an A-list level. but Clooney He's gotten that Pitt, point. Like, a plus he's definitely gotten to that point um i just don't know if we're ever gonna you know what i'm getting at is i don't know if we'll ever get to a point where somebody's name sells the movie as much and it's never been someone's name just straight up sells a movie it's always got to be the name with a movie that looks good it can't be you know you can ask dicaprio about how jay edgar came out you know i mean that that didn't do well i mean and pitt and clooney obviously have a lot of movies that did not hit very well yeah. uh but but uh when you get to this point where they're they're always in every single movie that you want to watch you know that's that's something that we we're not going to see i don't know if we'll ever see that again the way everything is so fragmented these days yeah um oh and oh and somebody patrick mentioned summer glaw yeah yeah absolutely summer glaw um anyway um that's gonna do for recotopia episode 12 uh thank you guys in chat for uh coming out and uh and uh giving us your uh um your comments and everything we love you guys um and uh yeah lock is next week
Yep. We'll see you guys. See you guys. Bye. part of the live show by being a member of the sin club at patreon at patreon.com slash cinema chat with us on the cinema discord at discord.gg slash cinema or cinema twitter at cinema and email any comments or questions to recotopia at cinema that's r-e-c-o-t-o-p-i-a at cinema Chick, 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 chick. I remember I hyped up hockey to this guy I knew for like months. And finally he agreed to go to a game with me. And mm-hmm. it was literally one of those one in 30 most boring games ever. Oh, yeah. Where nothing happens. There's no fighting. There's nothing exciting. <laughs> the crowd is dead. And I don't think he's ever been to another game since. And I don't sure. blame him. The names are up. All these people who were just in Nashville are like, ah, oh, these food recommendations are a week too late. <laughs> I'm probably, I'm, I'm going to be calling somebody out that's going to hear these outtakes and they're going to be like, hey, I didn't mean it that way. Somebody, somebody, uh, part of the group, part of the people who came out said, well, I was doing this and this and this today. And, uh, and, so, and he goes, well, I think I maybe should have asked you this question then. And I was like, <laughs> oh. all right. Are you ready to laugh?